Amen. Thank you, Miss Linda. Good morning. Will you please stand for the national anthem? Good morning. You may be seated. It's so good to see you. How are we doing this morning, church? Good morning. Wonderful. Well, if you're visiting with us, thank you so much for choosing to worship with us this morning. You're our honored guest. We have a QR code in the pew in front of you and on the screen behind me. And we just ask you to take a moment, scan that, and we get to know you a little bit better. And at the end of our service, we have a special gift for you out at our Welcome Center. But today is a special day here at the Forks. We are here to honor those who have served um, and either who have passed away in their service or have served. So in the moment, I'm going to call each of the branches of the military out, and I'd ask you to stand whenever you hear your military branch called. So we're going to start with our army. If you have served in the army, will you please stand so we can be recognized you this morning? Excellent. Thank you. If you served in the navy, will you please stand? Those who served in the navy. Thank you so much. If you served in our U.S. Coast Guard, will you please stand? Anyone serving the Coast Guard here this morning? If you served in the Air Force, please stand so you may be recognized this morning. And if you served in the Marines, will you please stand so you may be recognized this morning as well? And the last group we're going to recognize this morning is a special group. This is families known as the Gold Star Families. And so these are families whose loved ones have passed away during service and during a war. So if you're a Gold Star family, will you please stand so you may be recognized this morning?
And one more time, let's hear it for all of those who have served in our services. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Will you stand and greet somebody around you and tell them how happy you are to see them this morning? Let's sing this together. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory. Let me hear you. Come on. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house. Lord today, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. We won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We shout out your praise. Oh, that's good. Come on, let's sing it together. We sing to the God. We sing to the God who that grave, my God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today, and we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. love this next part. Listen to the words. Here we go. Because we were the beggars. Now we're royalty. We were prisoners. Now we've been set free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by his grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. Come on, sing that with us. Because we were the beggars. Now we're
joy this morning. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this great hymn of the faith together. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto
My name is James Homer, and I am the student minister here at First Presbyterian Baptist Church. And I want to send an extra welcome to those of you who are uh, brand new. This is your first time here visiting with us. Be sure to stop back there after the service to get a small gift that we have for you. Um, as we start into our prayer time this morning, I wanted to share a prayer that Charles Spurgeon wrote. He says, O man in the iron cage, there is a hand that can crumble up your cage and set you free. You need not be a prisoner. You need not be shut up. You may walk at large through Jesus Christ the Savior. Only trust Him and believingly pray that prayer tonight. Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise Thy name and He will set you free. I love this prayer um, because at the end of the day, when we really think about freedom, we wouldn't know what it means without the cross. We can have a temporal, a physical kind of freedom here in our nation, and we are so lucky to have that. But there is a spiritual freedom that knows no bounds, that can only be found in Jesus Christ. So I want to invite any of you that would like to come up and pray. We're going to pray for our service members. We're going to pray for our families. We're going to pray for our children. If anybody has anything they would like to pray about, this altar is open. So will you come pray with me? Jesus, we come before you this morning to thank you, first and foremost, for everything that you've done for us. That though we don't deserve this gift of grace you've given us, God, you give it freely. And God, we are so appreciative. Help us, God, to never take it for granted. God, we acknowledge you as the, the Most High. God, that you are the All-Powerful. You are the Alpha and the Omega. And God, we praise your name because you are the only one who is worthy of praise. And Father, today we bring humbly our family members to you. God, those that are saved already, God, we pray that you will strengthen them and encourage them and help their faith grow ever stronger. For those, God, who are still lost, Lord, we pray that you would help us to be a light in the darkness. Help us, God, to, to go to them humbly and in love, God, express your gospel. Help us to be bold. God, and to see our family members saved. God, we pray for our family who are sick and struggling with something, with their health. Lord, we pray that you will bring healing, your miraculous healing. God, that you would bring insight and wisdom to physicians and doctors that are working with our, with our loved ones or with our friends. God, we ask for deliverance. God, if there's anyone here that's struggling with a repetitive sin in their life, God, we pray that you will help them to surrender that at your feet. God, that we would break those chains in your Holy Spirit. Father, we lift up all of our service members, God, all, all of our military, Lord, that you would be with them and be with their families. God, bring, bring them home safely. Bring comfort, bring peace. God, and, and those who are looking at deployment even now, God, we pray that you will uh, bring comfort and peace to the home even while that, that service member is away. God, we pray that you will help us as a church to come alongside these families. God, 
trying to help them through such a difficult time. God, help us to support our service members to the best of our ability, even from the distance. God, but above all things, help us to go into the world and to serve you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And forgive us, God, of the ways that we have all fallen short of your glory. So God, we, we lay all these things down at your feet. All the good, all the bad, all the ugly. And we trust you, God. We seek first your kingdom, and we're going to trust, Lord, that you are going to provide everything we need. And we give all praise, honor, and all glory to the holy name of Jesus Christ, our King. And all of God's people are agreed and said, Amen. This morning's scripture passage comes from Psalm 46, verse 10. It says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. This is the word of God, and thanks be to God.
great singing church. Thank you so much for joining us on that special song. Well, this morning, like I said earlier, is a special, special morning for us. We're here to honor those who have served and who have given the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have our freedom that we have today. And Pastor Todd is away on our couples uh, weekend with about six other couples, and they're having an amazing time. And we're so thankful that that opportunity was available for um, six or seven of our couples here in the church. And so a few months ago, um, our guest speaker uh, approached Pastor Todd and really just had a testimony laid on her heart about her journey to salvation. And it was through, uh, through her brother's passing in a war. And so she asked Pastor Todd if she could share this wonderful testimony and um, sent uh, her manuscript over to both of us. And we just knew that this is a very perfect time to share this. And so will you please do me a favor and we welcome Miss Brenda Darnell as she speaks. Pastor Todd agreed to let me speak to you today. I'm not sure he really fully understood the mistake that he was making. I mean, he offered to give me the microphone. For those of you who don't know me, the one thing that I'm known for in my family is the ability to talk and tell stories. Just ask my grandkids. Since Todd is not here, and he said he would be watching the morning service, I would be remiss if I did not follow in his usually usual Sunday morning teaching and open the segment of the service with a little humor. Please bear with me and pray for me as I try to bring a little levity into your day before I offer my personal testimony. Todd has been telling us about playing golf with Sophie, his daughter, who, had pre who was preparing for her year on the women's golf team at Midway College. He had expressed to Kelly, his wife, how important it was to practice with Sophie as much as possible. He got up this morning fully intending to have a typical Sunday with two morning services, an evening service, here at four. But something happened, and he made a phone call at 5 a.m. to Sean and asked him to cover the morning service in case he was a little late. Yep, I think you know what happened. He got dressed, drove to Louisville, because he didn't want to see anybody from the congregation there, and he was going to play golf. I really think he went to Louisville to avoid the wrath of Kelly because if she found out he was playing golf instead of praying and preparing for today's message, well, that's a story for another day. Todd arrived at the course and set up for the first tee with his Callaway driver in hand and his first shot of the day was so anticipated. He was alone on the golf course. After all, it was Sunday morning and everybody else was in church. At about this time, St. Peter leaned over to the Lord while looking down from the heavens and explained, Do you 
going to let him get away with this? The Lord sighed and said, No, I guess not. With a practiced swing, Todd hit the ball and it shot straight toward the hole, landing just short and rolled and rolled toward the hole. It was a 420-yard hole-in-one on a par four. Unbelievable. Todd could see the ball disappear and quickly grabbed his club and ran toward the green. I wish you could have been there. You would have, you would have laughed. The clubs were clanging, and Todd was making windmill motions with his arms and his hands, and he was jumping up and down. He was so excited. This was his first hole-in-one. He got to the green, set his bag down, and carefully picked the ball out of the hole. He turned around slowly, to see if anyone was watching. St. Peter was just astonished. He looked at the Lord and asked, How did you let him do that? And the Lord smiled and replied, Who's he going to tell? Todd and Kelly, as Sean mentioned, are not on the golf course. They are attending the, coaches, uh, the couples conference. And loving the game of golf, I just could not pass up the opportunity for a little pastor humor, humor in, his present, in his absence. Now, for the real purpose of why I'm here today, a few months ago, I spoke with Todd about Veterans Day and asked if the church was planning anything special. After Todd mulled over the multiple conversations we had on the topic, he extended to me the opportunity to speak from my heart about the important and meeting of this national holiday, our Veterans Day. As I give my personal testimony about my encounter with Jesus Christ, my personal Savior, it all began when I was 11 and a half years old. For me to speak about my journey as a Christian teenager to a wife, a mother, and a grandmother, two events took place that were so unexpected. To tell you about both, I must first turn back the hourglass of time, open a healed heart, and look once again at the events that took place in our nation in the 60s. As I think about my brother, Army Sergeant Owen Raymond Montgomery, you give me the distinct pleasure and privilege to review and renew my gratitude for that time and to share its importance in my life. By spending time with my family and sharing memories about Raymond over the past five plus decades, I have been able to keep him close not only to me, but to the generations of nieces and nephews that never met him. For my brothers and sisters near Raymond's age, he was a playmate of their youth, a childhood schoolmate, a confidant, someone to share secrets and dreams with, someone they loved because of the boy he was and the man he was becoming. For me, I had a different view. I was only four years old when he left for the first time and 11 and a half years old when he returned for the last time. 
He was a man that literally stood larger than life to his baby sister, me. He was an icon in a military uniform. Currently, we know that November 11th is set aside by our nation to honor the men and women of the armed forces. And I am honored to stand before you and tell you about the meaning of Veterans Day as it is viewed through my family's eyes. One thing I've learned about life is that we mark important events by the time in which they occurred. For instance, I know I'm telling my age, I was born in 56. President Kennedy was assassinated in 63. I met the future husband and love of my life in 71. Graduated high school in 74. Married in 77. Received college degrees in 80 and 90. Had our children in 81, 83, and 85. And lost our parents, both sets, in 90, 97, 98, and 2014. But next to making my public profession of faith in 1969, I do not believe that there has been a single event that has impacted me more than what occurred in the first 30 days of summer in 1969. I'm sorry, 1967. This time period would forever change our family dynamics and help to mold me into the person I have become. This marked the beginning of summer and the end of Raymond's life. You see, Raymond had re-enlisted for his third tour of duty to Vietnam with the Army and left for his final re-enlistment in late May. On Saturday, July 15th, the notification came that no family ever wants to hear. A yellow cab driver knocked on the door of our old farmhouse early in the morning and placed a Western Union telegram into my mother's hand. She opened it. My mother screamed and fainted. My daddy cried for the first time in my life, and I was scared. Not knowing the small community of South Shore, Kentucky, a little river town across from Portsmouth, Ohio, the Army chaplain had gotten lost trying to find our house. He was supposed to be there to deliver the official notice that Raymond was missing in action. Two short days later, it was official. Raymond was killed in an ambush near Plaquu, Vietnam. To say that our family was lucky after going through the loss of Raymond seems like a strange statement for most of you to understand. But Raymond's body, our loved one, was retrieved and returned very quickly. Many soldiers like Raymond were unable to complete their tours of duty. And as of today, about 1,500 of those young men are still missing in action. From the time we were notified that Raymond's body would be returned, Daddy and my brothers began hand-digging Raymond's grave. Can you imagine this last act of giving to a lost loved one that was a tradition passed down by my family from the previous generations? A difficult task, 
but one that helped to show love and respect for the deceased. I am sure that this time on that hilltop was almost cathartic as the pick pounded into the rock and the shovel pitched the dirt, some of the anger and frustration was expended. And even though my brothers never spoke of this time they shared with my father, I am sure that tears fell on that hollowed ground on that day. Raymond's body was returned to us in a manner that I now associate with respect and reverence. The flag draped, army-issued bronze casket was received by my father and brothers at the local train station in South Shore, Kentucky. My father, like any other father, wanted to view his son just one last time. But that was not to be. He stood on the platform with his son surrounding him as the funeral director carefully removed the flag with reverence and opened the casket. Daddy and my older brothers looked into the open casket and saw a black glass that covered my brother's remains with the statement, do not open by order of the United States government. I am so thankful my brothers were there for my daddy. This was on Friday. On Sunday, Raymond was laid to rest at the Montgomery Cemetery at Lost Creek, Kentucky, just 30 short days from his first day in Vietnam in 1967 and 10 days after he was killed. He was buried on my sister Yola's 17th birthday. There has never been a single event in my life that has taught me more about liberty, freedom, service to country, selflessness, patriotism, and compassion. Through adversity and change, we experience our greatest growth in humanity and sometimes even humility. As I speak to you today about my brother, I cannot begin his story without telling you about my parents, Lawrence and Ethel Montgomery. My parents were good country people that led a humble life. They raised their 14 children to be grown. And, and on May the 20th, 1943, they gave birth to a small infant son. And when they looked upon his face for the first time, I am sure they had all the hopes and dreams for this tiny baby that all parents have for each of their children. I don't think I could fully understand what my parents had to endure with the loss of their son until I had children of my own. They did not see Raymond graduate from high school, get married, add more grandchildren to the family, and grow old and gray with his bride. None of these things ever happened. When Raymond wanted to honor his country, by answering the call to fight for an oppressed people half the distance around the globe that would take him into a battle for equality and justice, my parents had the faith and the courage to let him go before he completed his senior year in high school. Not once, but three times, and the last being after we celebrated his 24th birthday. 
Raymond's only goal in serving his country did not take into account whether he was fighting for a conflict or a war, if it was politically correct, right or wrong. He believed in a cause and chose to serve. He simply wanted to finish a tour of duty uninterrupted against unthinkable horrors and devastation to a people that most of us cannot understand. He did not serve to receive recognition and glory, and we all know that did not happen for the Vietnam vets when they returned home. There were no ticker tape parades to honor these veterans. He was, had returned twice from Vietnam without his goal being accomplished. Once he had rheumatic fever, and once a bullet pierced his leg while watching his best friend die beside him in the most unusual place, the local cemetery. Although a cemetery is sacred to us, while in Vietnam, Raymond quickly learned that no land was sacred when fighting a war. My sister Maddie and I shared a conversation about Raymond nearly 25 years ago now. She told me that she had been the one to drive Raymond to the airport for the last time. Raymond, had been, Raymond was to have a permanent station in Fort Benning, Georgia, since his leg injury prevented him from going and functioning totally back into active duty. We were so excited for him. He was going to be stateside forever, or so we thought. He had his orders changed two, two days before he left us. He would no longer have a desk job. He had asked for immediate transport back to Vietnam. The transport would occur on June the 22nd. Maddie begged him not to go. He told Maddie, I have to go. I have buddies over there. I have a job unfinished. I cannot imagine what she experienced as she kept her confidence and loyalty to her brother by not telling anyone about their discussion until after the passing of our parents. Fear did not drive this young man. Love of country did. May we never forget the mercy that this young, young man showed us as we think about making our world a better place. To Raymond, war was not about fighting with guns. There was a far greater purpose in the gift he was willing to give to the Vietnamese. He wanted their world to be a better place. They needed help learning about farming techniques, sanitation, medical care, building roads, and improving water quality. He wanted to make a difference by protecting against the atrocities of war and helping them to the best of his ability in whatever capacity he was able to serve. Just this past year, our oldest son, John, shared with me that he had spoken with some of the platoon under Raymond's command. He shared some of their discussions with me from, from these five surviving men from Raymond's platoon. One of the men informed our son that Raymond was not supposed to be in charge that day. His replacement had not arrived at the designated time, and Raymond accepted the commitment to serve as their immediate commander. 
John 15, 13 tells us, There can never be a greater love shown to any man than one who is willing to lay down his life for a friend. That was exhibited on July 12, 1967, in Plaiku, South Vietnam, when Raymond gave his life in hostile combat and became one of the, 50, one of the more than 58,000 casualties for the United States of America. This weekend, our country and this community honors our fallen members of the armed services, as well as the veterans that have fought through various wars and battles with indescribable valor and dignity. With patriotism comes compassion. With service comes accomplishment. And with loyalty comes unconditional devotion. And each service personnel through the ages have exhibited these virtues over and over. One of the most treasured moments has already occurred this morning in this service, and it's, it occurs when the presentation of our flag is presented, our national anthem. My family and I stand before our community each time we hear our national anthem. As, as you stand with respect and uncover your heads, you honor my brother. As you place your hand over your heart, you honor my brother. As you begin singing the national anthem, you honor my brother and allow my family a very special thought for one of the sons of this great nation that gave all for the call placed before him by the commander-in-chief, the president of the United States of America. There may be students and members in our congregation that participate in school bands. As young musicians in our community at sporting events, parades, and other activities, I am often reminded of the small family cemetery deep within the hills of Greenock County on that hot summer day in July. If I close my eyes and take a deep breath, I can still feel the perspiration running down my back. And I can hear the haunting notes of cats as they echoed across the hillside more than 56 years ago to mark the end of my brother's life. That would be the beginning of my family's long journey of hurt and pain to one of healing, acceptance, and appreciation. As musicians, you play without knowing how much we appreciate what you are willing to give so freely and beautifully. And to members of the choir, whether associated with school, in a local community, or at this church under the direction of Sean, you may never be able to understand the impact that you make on each Gold Star family, veteran, or veterans' family as you perform patriotic songs. With every word and note that is sung in unison, I hope you realize these harmonies allow us a brief moment to think about our loved ones. And for the family unit that we have lost and will never have again, you do make a difference with your voices. Don't ever forget that this pure gift of simple sounds is very much treasured by each of us who have, who had, 
who currently have loved ones current ser serving in the military for this nation. And for those of you in the junior ROTC reserves and active duty, I am very thankful because you are the group that reminds me most of a young man that walked the hallways of Workman High School in the 50s and early 60s. Whenever I see someone in a military uniform, it gives me a gentle reminder of Raymond's willingness to die for his belief and philosophy that freedom is to be protected at all costs. Like you, he also was willing to wear a uniform without hesitation. I remember looking into the faces of the others that wore similar uniforms, the honor guard of the young men that stood behind my brother's freshly dug grave. I watched them stand motionless even as their guns were being fired to, to salute their deceased comrades. Raymond was a gentle giant in a world of tremendous controversy associated with Vietnam. But he chose an honorable job and he, in the end, made the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his life. You represent an organization of men and women who are willing to make difficult choices for the freedoms we so often take for granted. As a teenager, I often faced many situations that caused me great struggle over the Vietnam War. It was and is very difficult for me to hear the Vietnam War was such a waste, and those men died in vain. With that and the news coverage as it happened in the 60s and 70s, with almost step-by-step -step military maneuvers and protests about the war, I was unsure of how to react and would most often react with intent, an intense desire to retaliate with anger that people could and would make such comments. Then a young classmate, Valerie Holcomb, invited me to church early in my eighth grade year, which is the second event that changed my life. I started attending church and Sunday school at the First Baptist Church in South Shore every time the doors were opened. I went to monthly DYC meetings at various churches in our area. I joined the youth choir at church. I played on the church's co-ed softball team. And most importantly, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal savior, believing he was born of a virgin to become the son of man, died on a cross and rose from the dead to forgive me of my sins that I might be saved and have eternal life. I was baptized in November of 1969 to show the world of my public commitment to be a follower of Jesus Christ. If I had to describe this time in my life after Raymond's death, I would say I felt so empty. I was searching for something, someone to help me feel complete. Church attendance, church staff, and being with the youth group allowed me an opportunity to seek that peace which can only come from the great comforter 
our God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, the Bible tells us, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Through reading of God's word, I learned to deal with my anger, and I tried to have as much, of an, as much understanding as possible about Raymond's untimely death. I have learned and grown throughout my life that patience is a virtue. Waiting with grace will be so pleasing to God. Earlier, my favorite verse was shared, and it is, Be still and know that I am God. In the stillness and reading of God's word, I found the peace that I was seeking. And with that peace, it has allowed me to present Raymond and my family's story to help others understand what it means to be a member of a military family. As I learned and studied more about my Savior, I began to see what it meant to have a son sacrifice not only for another, but for the world. God's plan for us is best known is it from the best known verse in the Bible, John 3:16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting eternal life. The willingness of our God in heaven to allow his Son to be sacrificed on the cross that I might have eternal life filled the hole in my heart. Mark 10:45 says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. I began, began to have a peace about Raymond's death when I found peace in Christ. I learned to accept things with faith and know that all will be revealed in due time. Luke 12:2 says, For there is not there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, nothing hid that shall not be known. We may not have full understanding of events when they occur, but if we wait patiently and with joy in our hearts, we can have peace and acceptance of what we, as we wait for God's will to be carried out in our lives. This year marks the 50th anniversary of the Peace Talks with representatives from the United States, North and South Korea in 1973 called the Paris Peace Accords. And this was that this is the peace agreement that would allow prisoners of war to be returned to American soil. Think about this. For me, this was the last hope that a mistake had been made about Raymond's identity and that by some miracle, my mother, father, and I would see him walk down the steps of one of those planes landing first in the Philippines and then in California. As I laid on the floor in front of my parents to have a better view of the old black and white console TV, with each solemn word spoken by the announcers, I cried softly again for the loss of my brother. These men were receiving the homecoming celebration that all Vietnam veterans should have. 
there was they were celebrating with a jubilance that was missing in the news coverage before this time. My only explanation is that the United States did not win the war and Americans don't like to lose. That should not matter. They still wore that uniform. Even though I was happy for the families of these boys that were returning, I was also hurting. Because one of them was not going to be Raymond. Any able-bodied soldier who could walk either by himself or with the support of one of his buddies made it down those steps of those planes. Others were returned on gurneys, no matter how they first touched American soil after being in prison for months or years. They all had smiles on their faces or they raised their arms to the sky in praise and thanksgiving or simply shed tears for their safe return to America. Without my parents and me speaking to each other during that entire broadcast, I continued to watch until the program ended. When I left the room, I made sure that my parents did not see my face covered in tears. I did not want to add to the pain I knew that they were feeling. I thank you for this opportunity to share the event that led me to seek Christ in my life. Thank you for allowing me to tell you about my big brother, Raymond, my family, and my parents. The sacrifices mentioned today will and should never be forgotten. I will proudly continue to tell this story with my children and the future generations of Americans to ensure that we continue to understand why, the freedom, why we have the freedoms that we so richly enjoy as Americans. My prayer is that God continues to bless you, this church, each military personnel and their families at this time of National Recognition, Veterans Day, and every day. And may God bless the United States of America. This morning we've heard that even through pain, there is always hope, and it can be found in Jesus. And we live in a free country. We live in a country where we can gather together this morning and worship freely, and it's because of those who have fought for us, those who have lost their lives, but it's also because of the amazing grace of Jesus that we can gather this morning, because without his ultimate sacrifice, we would not have freedom in him. We would not have hope for tomorrow. And so this morning, no matter where you are on your faith journey, if you've never accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior, maybe you have a hole and you're needing a place to fill it, something to fill it. His grace can fill it. Maybe you are a believer and you've drifted away and you need to come home. The beauty of the cross is that there's a place for everyone. 
And so this morning, we're going to sing together in just a moment. I'm going to ask Brother JT to come to the front here. And if you need someone to pray with, if you want to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you're looking for a, a family to join, there is a sweet family right here that wants to welcome you with open arms here at the Forks. And so we're going to sing together. You make your way down if you like. Let's sing about his amazing grace. sing that last verse, that first verse again.
You may be seated, church. Thank you, guys. I am so excited uh, to invite the Thompson family to please come and stand here with me. Uh, they want to uh, join in right here with our family of faith. So um, I'm going to ask them to share their names real quick. Because I've asked them for it twice, but I'm nowhere near as good with names as Pastor Todd is. So I'm Kyle. Kyle. Jen. Kate. Ryder. Landon. And Landon. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for wanting to join in with our church here. I know you all want to pledge your love and your uh, faithfulness to them and their family as they join in here by saying amen. Amen. Thank you. Would you guys mind to hang out in the foyer with us and let people meet you and greet you and stuff? Awesome. Well, thank you. And tonight uh, we have our Operation Christmas Child uh, at 6. So youth group will also be doing, will also be helping out with that. Um, but we can use as many hands as possible to pack these boxes. So we'd love to see you then. Anything else, Sean? And then two quick announcements. This Wednesday night, um, we have our normal dinner time. But it's actually a special dinner time. It's a spaghetti fundraiser for our youth. And so I want to make sure you're here for that. It'll be a wonderful time to help raise funds. Pastor JT has a lot of exciting things planned for our students to help them grow spiritually and, and socially as well. And then lastly, next Sunday night, so the 19th at 5 p.m., is our holiday dinner. And you want to make sure you make plans to be here for that. It's going to be a great time of fellowship. It is free. And we just ask that you sign up at the Welcome Center before you leave this morning just so we can have a number uh, to make sure we give our, the caterers enough uh, we have enough food for everyone. And then after we eat at 5 o'clock, we're going to come up here for a special time of music with a concert by Voices of Praise. It's a group out of Lexington. They're good friends of Kelly and mine. And I think you're really going to enjoy a lot of different styles of music. And so it'll be a lot of fun. So that's next Sunday night um, at the 19th at 5 p.m. Let's stand together as, as Brother J Jacob leads us as we go. Let us pray. Most gracious and heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you this morning with grateful hearts, thankful for our veterans and their sacrifice, thankful for this wonderful country that we live in, and most thankful for the freedom, the freedom that we have to worship you. Lord, as we go from this place, we ask a hedge of protection over our families, our friends, and our country, and may we all be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. <laughs> 